another spooky episode. <laughs> I swear I did not do drugs today. I swear. Oh no, I swear on my life. I feel fucking high as a kite right now. I don't know why. Um, same. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the, the Soul, Soul Sisters, Sisters Podcast. Podcast. Woo! We are so lame. Um, today, we're sweating. We're hot. We're <laughs> bloated. <laughs> We're making some spearmint tea because we fucking need it. Yeah, we're having issues, guys, but it's fine. Just another day in the life. Um, Amber, how are you? What's new? Nothing much, honestly. Like, just, just chilling these days. Like, nothing crazy. I don't really have much to say. No? Um, I'm currently in chemistry class and hating my fucking life. <laughs> That's fucking <laughs> yeah. lame. Honestly, I never thought I'd have to do math or chemistry again, but here we are. Uh, and it's, that's, it's like, really struggle. stupid. <laughs> it's really not my thing. No. Like, my brain shuts off. It just completely shuts off. And yeah. everyone's like, the, the, the prof goes, do you guys get it? And everyone's like, yeah, yeah, it was pretty easy. And my brain is just like, what? What the what fuck did, did you just yeah. say? <laughs> like, I'm a little lost. Yeah, but I don't blame ya. But it's okay. Anyway, what's new with you? Um, you know, just misery as usual. <laughs> um... Honestly, no, I've been, it's been good. It's been good, I have to say. We went into 2021. A little bit of misery, a little bit of spice. Yeah, it spices it up. We get crazy, you know? Throw a little misery with everything else. <laughs> um, well, in the last episode, I mentioned I'm going back to school, so, like, that's kind of starting with the whole, like, program, real estate mm-hmm. bullshit. So we're doing that, and then I'm writing that book, and then we're doing the pot. I just feel like there's just a lot happening all the time. It's chaotic. It's chaotic as fuck, that's but, like, great. whatever. So today... We are going to get into a very interesting, fun, spicy, mucho caliente. Perhaps controversial. Perhaps. Um, what are we talking about today, Amber? So we're basically talking about all things death. <laughs> Back to our emo days. We're emo as fuck today. <laughs> death, uh, reincarnation, what we think happens after death, even our um, spiritual kind of experiences. experiences. Talking yeah. about the third eye. We're getting crazy as fuck. Talking about ghosts, hence like goosebumps. <laughs> like, duh, I hope you guys got the joke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, fuck. Good. So, okay, um, I'm going to ask you, what do you think happens when we die i gotta say it's funny because when i was younger i really thought like we would actually be walking on the clouds like i remember oh, I when that. i went to my trip in our uh, to orlando when i was really young and i was disappointed because i didn't see jesus walking on the clouds as soon as we got up to <laughs> the dude yeah that indoctrination be strong oh shit um but also a naive kid. Yeah. Uh, but no, now, honestly, like, I, we touched on it a little bit before on Buddhism and everything, and, like, that's definitely my take. Mm-hmm. I, I do think there, I think, we'll get into my concept of heaven, or it, probably yours too, um, but I don't believe that there's, like, a heaven you go to. I think heaven, it can be something you experience on earth mm-hmm. that has to do with consciousness and awareness. Yeah. But in terms of death itself, I do believe that, for the most part, unless we reach a certain heightened level, mm-hmm. a.k.a. enlightenment, yeah. I think we do get reincarnated until we learn certain lessons along the way. I think that makes a lot of sense. I mean, there's so many different views <clears throat> on death, and I that's why I like to ask people, like, especially, like, kind of meeting them, like, hanging out with them for the first time or whatever like if we can get to that level and like get into those conversations I feel like everyone's answer is so different mm-hmm. and I think a lot of that also ties into like you know religion and other shit but um I think for me 
for so long, I guess, like, my, like, my parents were, like, super, like, conservative Catholic, like, whatever, like, as were yours, pretty much, mm-hmm. we all kind of were raised that way, like, you and I, um, and, like, there was always the concept of, like, heaven, hell, like, you commit a sin, you need to repent, and fucking, then you're saved, and, like, whatever, so, like, <laughs> Jesus loves you again, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, I mean, you can kill someone, and then, sorry, God, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, that's okay, <laughs> like, I don't know, so, I th- I think, like, you know, as we've experienced certain traumas throughout the years, I can definitely, like, hit a point where um, it was, like, literally after your dad passed. Mm-hmm. And I remember there was a period of time, I don't know how long after it was, um, but you and I were going on a walk somewhere. I don't know if you're actually walking to Regan's house or something. Uh, one of our friends, I don't know where the fuck we were going. Were you with me when we first told Regan? Or... No. No, okay, so I think you were I think you were either at my house or, yeah, I think you were still at my house, and I was like, I'm going to go walk to Regan's and go tell her. I don't even, I, I remember that. Out. I remember we were, we, were sit, we were talking outside my garage and I'm like, I'm going to go talk to Regan. And that was before she even knew anything that happened. Yeah, because she didn't know yet. She didn't know. Oh my God, that's so fucked to think about. I totally I forgot know, about that. You were still at my house because we had just gotten home. Holy fuck. Yeah. So that's the thing. I, this, I don't know exactly when this walk would have happened, but it must have been within the first week. It definitely after was. yeah i think that night we ended up watching like a bunch of movies in my room mm-hmm. and we probably went for a walk that night but it was definitely like the first week yeah at some like, point as three, the first we were week. like pretty much inseparable yeah so looking back to that period of time i remember because even like while your dad was sick i remember like thinking to myself and like questioning like god and like religion and like well yeah. if if you know this can happen to good people like how is god real like this doesn't yeah. make any sense so i remember we we're on this walk and i almost like it hit me at a certain point and I was like, I guess internally thinking about it. And I'm like, I don't believe in God anymore. And I remember like, just like that was like a switch and like everything I had ever believed in my life up until that point was like void, like literally not. Yeah. I felt irrelevant. So like, it's weird thinking back to that because before that point, like even like grade 11, like all that year, like we were in like world, I don't know if you were in my class, world religion. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't fucking remember. But I remember like we were in world religion and I asked the teacher and I was like, okay, well, if this religion's real and that religion's real yes, and that religion's that. real, then which one is the truth? Like, how can all of these be real? Yes. And we were all raised, like, I don't know, I feel like in the Catholic religion, it's a, it depends on your view and how you're raised on it. Um, but I feel like it was just a very narrow-minded way of thinking in my household anyway. So um, I just remember, like, it's just so indoctrinated by that belief that nothing else made sense to me. So I think at that point in time is when I started questioning it and saying, like, okay, well, how does this make sense? Because I grew up with this one innate truth. So how come everyone else has a different one? And which one is real? Because not all of them can be real, right? So like there's objective truth and then there's subjective truth. Exactly. So yeah, I think after your dad passed and like, I think especially for a lot of people, you experience like a big trauma can definitely shake your views of religion. And so even in terms of like, after we (laughs) die, I honestly think in like, I just the way that, I don't know, after everything that's happened in our life up until now, my view is that I think when we die, I like believe in reincarnation as well, obviously. Um, and I do believe we reincarnate, but I believe we only reincarnate up until a certain point. And I believe that like once you kind of complete your soul's journey totally. in life, you know, you kind of like say right now, I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but like, I feel like I've reached my final form mm-hmm. and like by that i mean I yeah feel that's like, something you've actually always been solid on in the last couple of years yeah 100 percent, and I, like, i'm certain like 100 percent. and i feel because like the reason i feel that way is because all the lessons i've learned in my life and all of like the 
like I don't know we've just experienced so much shit at such a young age that most people don't go through and those experiences really have to like they push your boundaries and they push your mental and like I feel like we've had to grow up really fast Mm -hmm. and we've been forced to look at the world in very different ways at the super vulnerable points of our lives so that completely changes and affects the way that you view everything the way you view your spirituality and like death and life and everything so I believe that we do reincarnate I believe that I'm personally in my final form. I think this life is me breaking the like generational curses. It's me mm-hmm. really like harnessing that I'm black sheep and that's okay, like in mm-hmm. my family and really like living out my soul's true potential. And so I don't know, like after that point, who really can say, but I don't necessarily like think there's like a heaven or hell. Mm-hmm. I definitely think that it's more of a, um, I don't know. I just believe, like, we're all just one with the universe. I don't know. You know what I mean? And I think also, though, I think what we're even getting at is that, and I think, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, I think both of our perspectives is is what we experienced, where I think heaven and hell are more so metaphors for what you experience on this life in the human form. And I do believe we're spiritual beings having a human experience. 100%. It's either way around. I think ego makes us think that we're just human beings and we have this five sensory being. Mm-hmm. But even as we learn, like even Eckhart Tolle, he talks about the difference between being a five sensory being and being a multi-sensory being. Five sensory, you're very much low consciousness, high ego. You're very in tune with the uh, the sensories. And that's also where in society we're very sensory overload mm-hmm. with the technology and all the fear mongering and all this bullshit. Like... That is just totally fucking up your third eye. And so basically, yeah, I think like just kind of recap on what you were saying too. I think it's funny that you you say that too because we've we've always said how we've gone through very similar shifts at like very similar times. And that for me, I know the exact moment (laughs) that I lost like any faith in religion was the moment my dad died. Like Mm -hmm. the very moment I remember thinking like even in the hospital room, I remember thinking like as he was dying, like I'm like, I'm looking at this wall right past him and I'm just like so traumatized and I'm like, there is nothing I can do about the situation. Like there's absolutely nothing. And I remember having this thought in my head where I was like, wow, Amber, like you have been praying and, and trying to protect your family and doing these things for the last, I mean, I, th- I think I had the same prayer since I was five years old mm-hmm. and I said it, I did not miss a beat. Doesn't matter where it was, doesn't matter, I did not miss a beat. And <clears throat> and, a, and a huge part of the prayer was, you know, keep my family safe and healthy and this and this and that. And I just realized none of it came true in that moment. And, I mean, it's one of those things where, yeah, like, I guess it's naive to think, you know, okay, we, we pray and we get it, right? But at the same time, I think that's really where it came down, where I'm like, there was no justice in that situation. Mm-hmm. And, like, <laughs> so I think, you know, not going too much into it, but I think that it was it, I, 100% the moment where I was like, it just collapsed everything on on me and yeah. in, in itself so that was definitely my thinking around it I'm like there's no fucking way yeah. you know and so I think that was where we get into the metaphor of heaven and hell because that was my hell mm-hmm. I don't I don't have to fucking die to know what hell was like we lived it yeah and so like for me I hit rock bottom and like same with you like throughout our lives and that was our walking fucking hell mm-hmm. we walked through the flyer fire we were in the flames for some time and then also at the same time, though, speaking from experience, it's like, you know, knowing how fucking dark and, and agonizing that kind of stuff can be, even mental health, 
and then experiencing some beautiful moments, even if it's not the whole day, just a one beautiful moment, you know, Mm -hmm. even like, I would say even, you know, even us doing this podcast, it's a beautiful thing. It's so like bittersweet given everything like we've been through Mm -hmm. and it's bittersweet because we are like hashing up old, maybe even hard memories, but we're also, I think it's very healing. And so for me, it's like, I think these little bits of beauty in life are also very much heaven. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's, it really comes down to perspective, but I think at the same time, like religion tells you, okay, well you have to follow these commandments. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you're not a good person. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. blah, And Mm -hmm. all this bullshit. And it's like, unless you follow our narrative, you're not getting to heaven. You know what I mean? And it's like, but why, why do I have to do these things and please you and please whatever is out there in order to get to heaven in my next life? Why, why can't I just, experience this now well that's because there's so much guilt associated with religion that i feel like like you masturbate oh my god now i feel like i need to fucking repent my sins because yeah. i feel so guilty and like god hates me and like my great my dead grandmothers are looking at me right now like <laughs> yeah. it's just like there's so much guilt associated with so many aspects of it and i think like um i don't know growing up in certain households and experiencing like you know your parents if they're like devout like catholics like my parents were especially more my dad but I think you get to a point in life where you realize that, okay, you've preached about this and you've preached about that, but you're a hypocrite because a lot of the things you've preached about, were you never actually followed through, and if anything, you've done the opposite. Yeah, so, their actions and their words don't match up. Exactly. So it's like, and it's it was re- really intense, and like, literally, like, when I was young, like, my dad gave me this, like, letter about the world ending, and like, ma- like... That's so fucked. Yeah, and like, he literally, like, made me bring it to school and like, fucking tell people about it, and I was in like grade three it's like traumatizing yeah and i look back and i'm like i didn't realize how fucked up that was but like it really was but that was the thing it was never bad intention from my dad's like you know perspective but also it's a very tainted way of looking at the world and that's why i think you know religion death and the way that we live at all is very interconnected and i think after we both lost like our sense of religion after experiencing like that death i Feel like we kind of like lost our way in life oh, yeah. you know what i mean oh, yeah that and was because a breaking moment <clears throat> yeah exactly and i think like you know religion is really more about giving you a comfort mm-hmm. that and that's the thing we're not shitting on religion like everyone not has their all. own beliefs like i totally get it just with our own ex- or our own experiences this is kind of where it led us um so i think we really lost ourselves after we like lost our religion we lost your dad and all this fucked up shit was happening and it really like kind of puts it into perspective that the reason why people believe in certain religions is because it gives you a sense of morality. It gives you a sense of... And hope. And hope. And, like, okay, I know when I die, like, I'm going to go to heaven. Also grounding. Co- grounding. Because, like, life is so ungrounding. Yeah. And I think that's a thing, though, too, where, you know, like, we'll get it more into, like, third eye opening and, and all of that. But, basically, I think that's really what it is, right? Like, it's kind of that um, that story. Oh, you know, the, the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. They talk about it. The whole idea is, you know, even, like, you've read The Alchemist and, like, all of these books. But, like, most of these amazing movies it's all about the hero's journey this whole Mm -hmm. concept um you know where it's like obviously the quote-unquote hero doesn't know they're the hero in their own story Mm -hmm. and they go through these trials and errors until they finally wake up and realize like that it was it was only them that they needed all along and they realize their superpower they realize you know what it is but again they go through these triumphs and trials and all Mm -hmm. these things until they realize this and it's like that was us right and like that is you know many people they go through this and i think over the years, it's like I went up and down, up and down, up and down, hitting rough bottom, rough bottom, rough bottom, until you really have to change the narrative of your life, mm-hmm. and you also have to really take a look at yourself and be like, I, I, at the end of at the end of the day, I mean, yeah, mental health, we've dealt with that for quite 
I mean, most of our life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've always really resonated with each other on that sense. But at the same time, it's like there comes a point where it's like, yes, I think you have to do certain tactics to help with that. But you also have to really focus on shifting your mindset no matter what mentality you're in. Mm -hmm. Like you have to seriously look at your life and be like, where am I still victimizing myself? Where am I still to blame? And like that's really what it did for what it had to happen for me because I was just for a long time in this victim mentality being like, why did this happen to me? Why did this happen to my dad? Why am I, why do I have to have depression? Why do I have all of this shit? Why, why did I have, or why at the time do I have an eating disorder? Like I had so many fucking health issues and all of these things. And, but again, it was at the end of the day, just an injured child that didn't know how to deal with, yeah, that she didn't know how to cope. And, and so I think the hero's journey, especially in most, uh, like in our experiences was learning to love that injured child and Mm -hmm. learning how to cope along the way. So do you feel like at this point, like say where you're at in your spirituality, do you feel like you have a more like, um, I guess like a sense of grounding with like your own beliefs at this point in in time, like versus like when you say we're Catholic and believed in God and then you went through that phase of your life where you're like, okay, I don't believe in anything and, and everything's up in fucking flames and you kind of found your spirituality again. Do you feel like that's grounded you? And, like, how do you feel like hundred percent. I think I think that's the thing, though. I mean, I would say... Some people will say spirituality is also religion, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I would beg to differ. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like spirituality, it's an essence. It's a way of understanding. It's a, it's a certain consciousness. And again, like, I think religion can totally impact somebody's life positively. Um, you know, even take my grandmother. Like, she is very religious and, like, a devout Catholic and... But, like, for her, it's, like, she's, it gives her that grounding, right? Mm-hmm. It gives her that, that kind of, um, that hope and that faith. And, yeah. and it, it has changed her life immensely. And then I resonate with that just with spirituality. Yeah. It's kind of my own way of being and understanding the world. Yeah. And so, for me, that's what I kind of stumbled upon through all of these, like, really big pitfalls in my life. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where, like, you know, at the time, like, I was just kind of dealing with a lot of things, a lot of different dogmas, a little, like, all of these old narratives, um, and that's where I stumbled upon different things like meditation and yoga, and I just started, for whatever reason, gravitating towards these things very mm-hmm. naturally. This was, like, you know, in my place at school. Like, yeah. I was alone, and I needed to be alone for that time to happen. Yeah. I've always been someone to love my solitude, and, like, at that point in time, I was actually vegan. That was the catalyst. And mm-hmm. it gave me an understanding of the interconnectedness yeah. of everything, of animals, of, of, of every, like all of like the, the corruption going on with animals. Same time, I, I obviously realized years later, there's a lot of dogma in that, mm-hmm. but it was a catalyst because it led me down a whole alleyway of <laughs> all of this other stuff, which again, you have a similar experience, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we have to go through these, these little catalysts and they take us to this next chapter that we couldn't Mm -hmm. have even gone through had we not gone through all this other shit yeah no that totally makes sense and that's why i think spirituality because it is again religion spirituality kind of like you said i don't it is not exactly the same thing it definitely can be but again it's all perception the only way or reason i would have an issue with religion is when i know i've experienced firsthand hypocrisy Mm -hmm. and when it creates like like i don't know you're and corrupt so, it, and it's very like, corrupt yeah, yeah and i think too it's like when your religion becomes your priority and the people in your life do not 
that to me is just like, okay, we're being counterproductive here. Like we're human beings. We have one life. Like yeah. let's make the most out of the relationships and the family and the friendships that we have. And I've just seen a lot of that go like south. So that's why I'm like, okay. And that's why I think after losing like religion and just my whole entire belief of that, you are now like living this life that you're like, okay, I don't know even what it's like to like be on this earth and not believe in anything. Cause like, I feel like we were just like so fucking depressed and like really yeah. in the gutter that we're like, we don't believe in anything. I like, remember having actually, you just kind of took me back. Whoa. Um, even like a lot of conversations, even at my place and in, in, at school mm-hmm. and even here where we were both at that point where we're like, we don't fucking believe in anything. Yeah. And I remember that those words coming out of your mouth and I was like, yeah, I I don't have any faith in anything. And that is honestly such a dark place it's to be. It's very dark. And it's that's why I understand religion. Like I get why people like use that as a way of like dealing with life. Totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we do that with spirituality. Um, at least I know I do. Like I, I know at this point, like I guess tapping into, you know, the third eye, we'll get into that after, but really like harnessing your own intuition and like just having that understanding and that knowing of okay like I know I'm here for a purpose I know that I have a bigger purpose here even like in terms of mental health like there were so many points in my life where like I was suicidal like I Mm -hmm. literally checked myself into the fucking psych ward like all that and after getting out of that situation I realized I'm like okay I have two options it's either I end it all now and give up and I really wanted to Mm -hmm. or I say you know what I know intuitively at that point, even when I was suicidal, like I knew inside of me, there's like a little like speck of light mm-hmm. that was like, you're here for a bigger reason. There's a bigger purpose to your mm-hmm. life, to your existence. And like, this is not the time, like get like, be strong. Like you can get through yeah. this. And I remember just thinking to myself, I'm like, I know that there's more for me in this life. And that was like a few years ago already, but even fast forward to where like say I'm at now in terms of spirituality, in terms of the intuition and understanding in myself, like mm-hmm. all of that ties into one another. And even when we talk about self-love and how much we need to like understand how much we deserve and how much we should be appreciated as people, it's really finding that love within yourself that branches into so many different aspects. And that's why I even think like in terms of like life and death and everything, like I think death is one of those things. Obviously it's an inevitable, but we fear it and we don't understand it. And we use religion as a way to try and understand it but we're never going to. And yep. it's just the human mind and the ego trying to control our narrative because it's more comfortable that way. To me, I think now, especially even going into this year, there's a, I don't know, I had like a weird shift and like like we've said, like, you know, my New Year's resolution, going into the year, like let life happen. Yeah. Like, you know, just try not to control things. But really, I felt that shift within me. And that's, that's what... That's when the change really happens. That's when the change happens. When you feel it intuitively in your body and your soul, you're like, this is exactly what I need to be doing right now. And I'm going to harness it and let me ride it out and see what happens. And so far, like, I feel really good. Like, mm-hmm. and I think it's one of those things where when you listen to your body and you listen to your... You really listen to, like, your soul. Like, you literally, like, find that it's not so much your mind. It's not the logic, mm-hmm. really. Mm-hmm. It's it's just in your being. And anyone who, like, you know, has their has had their third eye open and and has been kind of in their own spiritual experience will understand that and it's such a powerful thing and yeah I don't know it's just like so fucked (laughs) I think I think maybe this is a good time to even just kind of uh go into when we really knew that we opened our third eye I know when I opened mine when when was that um it was while I was with my ex because that's like a whole story. So we'll get into it. Fuck, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we always get into it. Yeah. So my ex was a big catalyst for me in so many aspects of my life, but especially in terms of opening my third eye, um, when him and I first met each other, we were seeing each other for like about a month 
and like all the while like his mom had cancer and she ended up passing away a month into us seeing each other or like me and I seeing each other so obviously he's experiencing this great loss and like he had a lot of regret and like you know with his relationship with his mom and there's a lot there so you know it's a month in I'm like okay like yeah obviously this is like I really do I want to get into this with someone who's really experiencing one of the greatest losses of their life like this is a lot of pressure but at the same time like being the person that I am I'm like well yeah I'll do it <laughs> like you know I what think I mean there's a point too where like you did say you're like fuck like this is intense right now and like we've always kind of gone through these kind of interesting situations but at the same time you being you you were like but I feel like I need to be there and mm. like there's something pulling me yep and I now looking back I realized what it was it's because that was the complete awakening of my third eye and mm. of my soul and my like psychic abilities and all of that is what put that all to the surface for me um so like while we were seeing each other and his mom had passed and stuff obviously he's dealing with the loss and grieving and there's so much that's playing into it but we end up going to a medium at some point this was probably like a year or so a year and a half after she passed and um so we go to this medium and she didn't know I was coming so it was like kind of a surprise to her but I was in the room with him when she did his reading and whatever but she ended up like picking up on a lot of stuff with me um which I was kind of like it was interesting because I'd never had really gone to a psychic mm -hmm. before um so she pretty much said to me she's like you have like psychic abilities but you know that right and like it was just so matter of factly mm -hmm. and I was like yeah like I've felt that within me before I've had like weird experiences but like I never, I don't know. Like, I don't fucking know anything about anything at this point. Do you even point. have that validation, like, somebody else saying Someone that? else saying it? I was like, bro, like, that's just trippy as hell. Yeah. Like, so weird. So she says that to me, and I'm like, well, yeah, like, I've, I've felt that within me. And she pretty much ends up telling me that um, a big purpose of, like, my um, position in my relationship with my ex um, played into his mom's death because his mom felt that she could communicate through me. Uh, because she couldn't communicate to him. It's like a lot of pressure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, let me just communicate with your dead mom. Like, oh literally, it's just like, it's like, what? And w But when she said that to me, I it was it was very validating because I had had weird experiences with him. And, and after that point, too, I felt like the experiences just kind of got weirder. Mm -hmm. And, like, I would see orbs all the time. Like, literally, like, in his room, I would see shit flying around. And, like, he would see it, too. What was the stop sign story? Oh, yeah. So... I remember that one. So we were driving, like, out in the boonies somewhere, and just, like, it was really dark and shit, and, like, he used to drive really fast, and, like, whatever. He was, like, a speed racer. Oh, my God, I remember. I'm like, dude, I, I like fucking driving fast, but, like, he drives fast. Fast as fuck. But, like, it was funny because I never felt unsafe, which is, like, I don't know, but I was also, like, super suicidal, so, like, that could have played into it. Literally, like, no, actually, like, adrenaline <laughs> we were, No, do you so remember, bad. like, driving down six? Like, mm -hmm. we, I would fucking... <laughs> <laughs> literally fucking race like we we're racing somebody Blast, no like blasting fucking music but you oh, know what though so when, nice. it sounds so fucked up but like when you're that numb and that like depressed it it you feel alive you makes you Anything feel alive. that makes you feel alive yeah at that time it's so true and it's like yeah no he's oh, god i don't know now i have just like ptsd from the whole situation because i'm like that was just like a lot so pretty much he's like speed racing and um he his parents actually sent him to this like um i guess like I don't fucking know, like, boot camp or some shit. Mm -hmm. Like, so it was all these kids, pretty much the kids who were, like, misbehaving and stuff. They would get sent to this place to, like, help correct their behavior. So he, we actually drove by that place, and he was like, oh, yeah, I've had, like, a lot of bad memories here, blah, blah, blah. So it was kind of, like, bringing up, like, a weird vibe. And so I was like, okay, like, interesting. So we're driving, he's speeding, whatever. And like I said, I never really felt unsafe with his driving. I was like, hey, whatever, I'm, like, over it. 
but there was a point there that something kind of shifted and all of a sudden I started having like really bad like extreme anxiety like I thought I was gonna have an anxiety attack and so we're driving and I'm having this anxiety and I have I'm not verbalizing it at this point I just kind of left it alone but it just got worse and worse and so we like approached we're approaching like a stop sign and it wasn't like facing us like it wasn't our stop it was like the other stop like from the people coming like I guess like I don't know is that horizontally I don't fucking know, <laughs> I don't fucking know. Yeah, anyway the other stop sign yeah the other stop sign it wasn't ours but like you could see it it was like weird because it was facing us like, yeah, like it was, yeah so I was like okay but we're approaching the stop sign and um he's speeding and like his headlights are like flashing against the stop signs right and I'm looking at the sign and like you know the stop sign it says stop on it and it's red and as like we approached the stop sign like getting closer to it the red part of the stop sign turned black and, like, literally, I'm, like, staring at this thing for, like, maybe a good, like, five seconds before we pass the stop sign. And I'm staring at it thinking that I'm, I'm hallucinating because it literally just, like, completely changed color right in front of my eyes. And then I started having really, really bad anxiety. And then oh I felt like God. I was going to throw up. And I literally – so I'll get into this after. But, like, at that point, um, like, the left side of my body started tingling. And so I literally said to him, like, I started screaming at him, like, stop the fucking car, like, stop, because I was literally freaking out. And he's like, what's, like, what's wrong, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just, like, felt like his mom's presence was there and, like, was literally saying, like, you need to stop the fucking car or you're going to die, like, something bad's going to happen to you. So it's funny because that was before we went to see the medium. And then when we saw the medium, um, she actually said to him that, um, listen, you need to really watch your speed on the road. Because your mom, yeah, your mom is concerned about like um, your driving habits and like you're speeding and you're gonna get yourself killed, and so literally I'm like we just had that experience. I felt the left side of my body get all tingly and shit. I felt fucked. I literally felt like my soul was like above my body, and I see the stop sign change color, and I intuitively knew that like something bad was gonna happen, and so. Um, it's funny because even actually on the way to see this fucking medium, I think actually this was the second time we saw her, um, cause we saw her twice. And so the second time we saw her, we were driving up to her place and she's like in Hamilton, like somewhere up the mountain somewhere. I don't even know where, yeah. but it took a while to get there. So my ex's, um, Bluetooth in his car wasn't working. So I was like flipping through radio stations, trying to find like something to listen to. And I never listened to the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like flipping, flipping, flipping. Um, we hit Bittersweet Symphony. Of course. Yeah. And so we're listening to Bittersweet Symphony and that's like me and Amber song and like Regan's song and like, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, I landed on the radio station. That was fine. We get to the, see the medium and she's doing this reading and she actually says to me, um, she's like, Christina, like I see you flipping through radio stations. And I was like, wait, what? And she's like, yeah, I see you flipping through radio stations and just know, um, my ex, his mom. Commun- is trying to communicate to me through music. Oh, God. And so literally, so then she says to me, whatever song you landed on is, um, like, listen to the words of that song. And I'm like, literally on the way here, I literally was just, do- I was just doing that. Oh, my God. Like, how did you fucking know, like, what? <laughs> like, mind blowing. So crazy. So anyway, those experiences really opened up my eyes to, like, a lot of different things. And then I started looking into my own, um, my own shit. And I honestly, after those situations, I did really feel my third eye like adjusting and like mm-hmm. you literally feel like the sensation right yep. so like let's get into third eye for a second okay yeah 100 percent. do you want to read off what we have a little snippet here yeah so the third eye chakra usually depicted as located on the forehead which provides perception beyond ordinary sight the third eye refers to the gate that leads to the inner realms and spaces of higher consciousness in spirituality the third eye often symbolizes a state of enlightenment or the evocation of mental images having deeply personal spiritual or psychological significance 
you will begin to feel a growing pressure between your eyebrows. This can be just a pulse or an intense sense of something expanding in the middle of your forehead. So when do you think your third eye like opened? See, I don't feel like I have a certain moment or anything, but no. I, I do think it was gradual. Mm -hmm. I think like the way I kind of envision the process of my life, and honestly, quite frankly, yours too, is I see like this domino effect. You know, I think, I think when we went through, like, especially myself, when I went through that hell of losing my dad that day, um, I think that was the breaking of my ego. Yeah. Completely shattered everything I knew. Like, mm -hmm. literally everything I knew about, the concepts I knew about family, about life. Because, again, like, for me, at a, as six, at 16 year old, 16, I mean, up until that point, I wouldn't say I was ignorant. We yeah. never were ignorant. Like, we would have, the, honestly, we would have these kinds of conversations even when we were young. Mm -hmm. I mean, not to the same degree because we still didn't know yet. But yeah. we always knew we felt something different. And yeah. we always knew, we just didn't really know what it was. And We always knew we were the black sheep, oh, for 100%. sure. And, like, I just, I think at the time we didn't have the, that kind of articulation and mm -hmm. that kind of full clarity. Um, but, you know, I think us even going through our mental, il like, illness, mm -hmm. like, I think that alone, our mental health, I don't even like saying illness, our yeah. mental health issues, um, I think that really opened me up to the fact that, like, life isn't fucking puppies and rainbows. Um, but there were times, like, for a lot of the time, I think, like, especially during high school, the one thing that kept me solid, aside from our friendship, and even, like, with Regan and some of my other closer friends, it was sports. It was always sports. Like, that kind of took, like, everything, mm -hmm. all the weight off, like... I felt like I was, like, that was my thing. Yeah. So for me, like, I felt normal. I felt like I wasn't, you know, the depressed girl or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, I was just, I was Amber Conway, 93. She's fucking good at what she does. And that's, you know, so yeah. for me, that was, like, kind of my thing. But I think, you know, and then after my dad passed, I, I know I still actually did hockey and some soccer. It was weird, though, too, because when I think about it, this is, like, a side tangent, um, like, we were pretty well known in, like, the soccer and hockey leagues. Mm -hmm. And so, like when everybody heard about the news like oh well first off 400 people came to his funeral yeah and like but when even my childhood friends came it was like the weirdest thing um that was the weirdest day of my life the weirdest day of my life and um but i remember like you know i, I went on the soccer field and like they kind of like like all everybody like took a moment of silence for my dad mm -hmm. and like you know even like teams that like or people I didn't talk to like knew my dad right and even like hockey it was so weird driving to those games with my mom like we would yeah. honestly like we would we my dad would help me burn discs of like songs mm -hmm. and so on the way to hockey like it was it was it was oddly healing but like every time whether whether it was a game or practice like me and my mom every fucking time on that way would just ball yeah. just ball our eyes out listening to music before i would go on the ice it was mm -hmm. fucking weird but um, my point being with all of it is that I think that whole chapter of like grief was like a huge breaking of what I, what I knew life could be like. And so I think for me, it was almost like I kind of like cracked the screen in the matrix. Mm -hmm. Again, I still think intuitively being an empath and being such a sen sensitive child at a very young age, I remember thinking to myself all the time, I'm like, I observe people and I know they don't observe me the same way. Mm -hmm. Like I know I see something else beyond what the eyes can see. And you don't feel and normal. And I felt it. Oh, I never felt normal. Never. Not even when I was, like, fucking very young. I yeah. remember at a very young age looking up at adults and being like, they don't understand me. Mm -hmm. I understand them. I see. But I, again, you know, a five-year-old brain doesn't have the con conceptualization. They don't yeah. have that kind of um, vocabulary to articulate it. But I knew. But and you I, understood I said that. this all the time to myself. I'm like, Amber, one day when you're old enough, people will take you seriously. They will, like, you'll be able to say what you really want to say. But I knew I was just too young. Mm -hmm. But I knew intuitively I felt so different. And I just, I'm like, I, I wrote this in like one of my poems where I'm like, I feel just as much 
um, a part of this world as I feel distinct from it. Yeah. And I'm like, that is, there's no more real or truth that I resonate with. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, long story short, basically, I think that was a huge chapter. And I think once I went off to university, um, you know, going through a lot of different roller coasters, um, you know, relationships and love triangles and all this shit and uh, trauma bonding and, you know, abandonment issues with men, which again, played into my dad and just all of the stuff, it mm-hmm. played all a role in it. Yeah. And then I think again, when it really came to the surface was, I think when I really did take that time, um, in my, in my house, like alone, like at school. And, you know, I, I feel almost bad because my roommates always wanted to hang out with me. And, you know, at the time too, I was also dealing with my, my physical health, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of times like days, weeks, like I just, I would, if I had to go out, I had to go out and then I'd just be in my room and I'd be researching and watching documentaries and I'd be, you know, looking into all these videos and just like understanding chakras and understanding spirituality, just mm-hmm. all, any, anything I could find. Cause you were drawn towards I it. I was so, I was like almost like addicted. Right. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's the thing. My personality is, I have a very addictive personality. It's, it's been great and it's been not so great. Mm-hmm. But my thing is that once I really kind of, you know, took off a little bit of that, that veil. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm the type of person that once I know there's something behind the curtain, I'm going full at it. Yeah. I need to fucking know now. Uh-huh. And now that I know that I was once ignorant, I need to fucking know everything. Yeah. And so I think that was like definitely like I would say that was what my third year. Mm-hmm. Um. So again, I think it was again domino effect. All these little things over yeah. the last couple of years. As it accumulates over time, I think that's really that's the thing it was for you I think it was more gradual yeah and all of these different experiences really played into your awakening but once you become awakened you can't go back that's you can't and, and, and it's yeah. scary it's fucking terrifying and I always credit um you know one of the most profound books I read like I mean I, I gotta say there's uh The Untethered Soul mm-hmm. um that one's really good yeah I and, love that book uh, then there's you know Eckhart Tolle's books which are phenomenal as well mm-hmm. and uh, but one book really spoke out to me and that was um it's called and it will change your life. I can guarantee it. That's called The Seat of the Soul by mm-hmm. Gary Zugat. And I will forever be grateful for this book. I, actually, Chantal gave it to me. I don't even know. I, one of her teachers or someone that she knew gave it to her. And then she passed it along to me because I was like looking for more kind of, you know, spiritually in line uh, books. Mm-hmm. And I just remember reading it and I was hooked. And I'm not really like, I've never been a huge book reader when it comes to, you know, stories and things like that. I'm like, I, I can't for the life of me care yeah. at all because unless it's about self-development or something or that's twilight me <laughs> yeah we're fucking twilight because we love edward mm-hmm. um unless it's you know about that like wh- i'm like what can i take out of it yeah i'm like i don't really want to just read a story i'm like you know you need something uh, that you can yeah. take home from it and so for me that was gary's Zukav's book because it basically just taught me about consciousness and it taught me about different levels of awareness and how and it, it, he brings about society like he just ties it all so well together mm-hmm. and that was huge in, in understanding like how to be the observer yeah and then again in more recent years was joe dispenza because he's the one that really again not only does he talk about not being or being the observer of your thoughts same with the untethered soul mm-hmm. he also was the a huge game changer for me in understanding um how I keep myself stagnant because I also keep playing out the same narrative every fucking single day. Yep. And so in that, he really, because in a huge breaking point for me, not this past year, but the year before, was understanding the identities that I've I built up in my mind mm-hmm. and how, how attached I've become to those. Yeah. Because again, when you don't feel like you have this full, like it's very, it's more in, in the egoic mind, it's, 
you almost tell yourself it's, it's more grounding to have all these identities, even if they're not good for you. Mm-hmm. And so one it's of comforting. them for me was I'm de- I'm a depressed girl, or a huge one was I'm the girl who lost her dad. Mm-hmm. And you know when I started really analyzing how that narrative has really fucked up my life. Yeah. Um. You know because I think for me I had an attachment to that because I'm like well if I don't attach everything to my dad's death if I don't you know um if I don't like wreck myself over it if I don't agonize over it um then it's not going to do what I went through justice because it's like I'm letting it go and it also in a way it doesn't if you you know remain and have those identities and they remain intact it's also a way for you to um justify the behavior that you were presenting to yourself and those cycles because in that in that portion of time you know like you were drinking and you know partying and really just trying and to do really whatever with you could my eating disorder, that was like a huge thing yeah and like that's where it's like <laughs> we always joke because we psychoanalyze we, we honestly we are really good social workers because we psychoanalyze the fuck out of ourselves mm-hmm. and like i've pretty much applied my program onto myself and like healed literally of those parts yeah um but like a big thing again looking at the domino effect like even celiac celiac sorry it's uh, it's mine is trauma induced, mm-hmm. and so I think you know when we think about like physical bodies, it's like I basically like the trauma that my dad experienced. I like kind of harbored in my own, almost out of I don't know if it was guilt or something like that, or just mm-hmm. even the pain that I didn't know how to get rid of. Yeah. So then I harbored it in the same area of my body, mm-hmm. and then also again, a big trigger for me was if I feel uh, like a lack of control. Yeah. Which again, that was the moment for me that was really fucked with my head because in that moment. I've never felt so hopeless in my life. Mm-hmm. And having that lack of control was just like the most, I can't even explain the kind of feeling that it could be, Yeah, you know? And so for me, I think that's where, you know, a lot of women and even men, like they experience disordered eating because they feel like they can grasp with a control. It's mm-hmm. a control mechanism. I can control what goes in my body, what goes out, all of these things. Yeah. And that's kind of how that produced. Yeah. And so and it's all connected. So as you like over the years too, have a de- developed more into your spirituality and into really harnessing like the power of having your third eye open and seeing a world in a completely objective way and observing yourself. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's a huge thing that not enough people talk about because it's so easy for us to stay in our pain bodies. It's so easy for us Very to easy. continue reliving the same cycle over and over again. But really when you truly like manifest the life that you want, like we've talked about in our previous episode, totally. it's so true that if you really do believe in yourself and your intuition and like, again, our gut instincts have never lied to us once. Never. Every single time I've went against my gut instinct, my intuition, I've regretted it every single time. Mm-hmm. And that's something I stand by. Even if it's something everyone else is doing, I don't give a fuck because yep. if your intuition is telling you something's not right, there's something not right about it. So true. So even in terms of, okay, ghosts. Oh. So do you believe in ghosts? Typical, like, you know, ghosts, what everyone talks about. I believe in spirits. I mean, I don't know. Some people use them interchangeably. Whatever. Like, I think, like, I think, like, when it comes to the root, um, I do think there are still spirits here. And I, I think, I guess, my concept around it is, like, I don't know if it's a purgatory, but I also think maybe it's, like, something left unsaid for them. There's something Mm -hmm. left undone. Mm -hmm. I really think that's what it comes down to. I think with spirits, I mean, I don't like really looking at it as ghosts because what's really a ghost? I feel like it's, like, a modern-day age kind of, like, Casper. Yeah, like, Scooby-Doo, like, who's the fucking ghost? (laughs) Like, really, you know. Um, Spirits, though, I 100% believe in. I've seen spirits. I've experienced spirits. Um... I like we've had I've had experiences with you where like I've channeled your dad. 
I've had experiences with my ex yeah, channel as well. Into all these. Yeah, so um pick one. Where do you start? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we should get into like the definitions of the different clairs. Yeah, of course. So to kind of break it down, there's four clairs. Clairvoyance, clairsentient, claircognizant, and clairaudience. So clairaudience is hearing voices. Um, an intuitive voice or message in your mind speaking on certain psychic truths but more so delivering messages uh, that need to be heard for yourself or for others around you. So there's a misconception with clairaudience. Um, a lot of people have claimed to have this capability of being able to hear spirits and and have people communicate to them. But then from like a psychological standpoint, they'll say, okay, well, people who are schizophrenic also um, like hear voices. And that could be like more of like a mental illness type of thing. Um, but with clairaudience, it's more uh, like direct messages in a like non- uh, like tormenting way it's not something that's really overtaking your life it's more like I, like for example I've heard like um like when I've channeled like say my ex's mom like it was almost like she was just speaking through me like using my body as like a vessel to kind of like yeah. speak through me and when I spoke on um having like the left side of my body get all tingly and shit so that happened when I channeled my ex's mom and something like the energy shifted my the left side of my body started getting all tingly and I just felt like but literally just felt like, again, my soul was hovering above my body. I had no control over what was coming out of my mouth. Um, so pretty much in that moment, I was like hearing her and she was telling me all these things. But it was almost like I wasn't conscious in the moment. So after the fact, after I kind of came out of that state, um, my ex was like crying and like kind of like freaking out and whatever. Um, and I like didn't have really any recollection of what I had just said. So that's kind of the experiences I've had with it where I have a hard time remembering because I like literally don't feel like I have control in those moments, um, which is, it's kind of scary, but also like really powerful to know that like your brain, like my mind is like capable of like getting to that point. Mm -hmm. So pretty much the message that was relayed was like, you know, you're on the right path. Like you're like doing the right things for yourself. You need to like let go of the guilt and like all this shit and like other stuff. And I don't know, I thought it was really weird and interesting. And I've also had that experience a few other times, but in terms of clear audience, I feel like there was a few specific examples that I could give where I've experienced that. Um, and then clairvoyance is seeing images. So having or claiming to have the power of seeing objects or actions beyond the range of natural vision, thus a form of extrasensory perception. So I feel like everyone kind of has this capability. Mm -hmm. Like in everyday life, like we come up with like different fantasies and different ideas in our head and different images and shit. Um, but in like the spiritual realm, I feel like I don't see faces. Right. I feel like I've had experiences where like... You said, okay, so you've said you've seen orbs. So can you describe that? It literally just looks like little like balls of light kind of. Like, Are they, like, like colored or... They were always white. Anytime I've ever seen it, which was not super often, there's only like From a what few... what I know, I'm pretty sure that's good. I think <laughs> it, it didn't have a bad energy. Like I didn't feel... And I think the person like channeling it would probably know. Yeah. And I feel like you kind of can pick up on the energy. Like, I've definitely been in situations where I knew that there was, like, evil spirits around. Um, or, like, some sort of, like, evil type of negative energy. And that's why when I feel like my third eye, when it first opened, and I started actually um, becoming so overwhelmed with my the spiritual experiences that I was having, where everywhere I went, like, we were empaths. So we feel everything anyway. We walk into a room and we can immediately kind of, like, sense the vibe. Um, walk into a space you immediately know if you want to leave that space because there's something not right about it but when I feel like your third eye opens and you're really like in it and you're really like you're fucking you're like I would get migraines all the time yeah. like the front part of my head constant migraines um, I like was becoming so overwhelmed and stressed with 
um, like actually going around people and like literally like seeing dead people. Like literally, I see dead people like that. Fucking <laughs> like yeah. So like when that first happened, um, there was a point where we we're that was when we worked at Fabutan at the tanning salon. And I was good old Fabby Tan. Good old Tan. So I was literally standing outside Fabby Tan, like having a smoke. And um, there was this guy who came out of his car, and he was standing outside of his car having a smoke. And I kept like looking at him, and I don't know something about him was just like I, kept, I was very drawn to him. Um, and so as I'm like looking at him, that thing starts happening again, where the left side of my body starts tingling. Oh. And I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? And in those moments, I like start getting really bad anxiety and just like fucking like just like feeling like nauseous and like I start sweating and like whatever. Um, and I then I don't remember a face, but I remember having a clear image in my mind of a woman uh, with really long, dark hair. And it felt like a sister figure. Like it felt like family, like some sort of close family relation could have been a cousin, a sister, something like that. Um, and it's like she wanted me to talk to him. Like, it was kind of, like, pressing, and, like, that's why the anxiety, I feel like my, my natural anxiety also got worse, because I'm, like, I feel like I'm being put in a position where, like, I need to talk to this guy, but, like, I don't want to, because, like, I don't know this man, I just some random <laughs> yeah, man on yeah. the fucking, uh, in the parking lot, so I didn't end up saying anything to him, but um, immediately, as he, like, went back into his car and, like, drove away, my, all my anxiety went away, the left side of my body, like, was out back to normal, like, and my, so I thought I was, like, having a stroke, like, I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> this guy's, this guy's going, like, I'm just gonna leave, this feels weird. <laughs> yeah, I keep staring at him and shit. One time her body was, like, flaring. <laughs> Yo, honestly, though, that, that has happened so many times, and that's what, um, like, clairvoyance is, I guess, is when you can actually, like, have a physical image in your mind of something that you haven't necessarily even seen before um so that's kind of like i don't know spooky i don't <laughs> I, i'm not like the I, honestly it's kind of cool and fun but like not the biggest fan because it can literally just like happen out of any yeah. any time any place so uh, another side note there was a medium that used to come into fabutan and oh god yes. yeah yeah so we've had conversations about her but pretty much long story short I was explaining to her that I'm feeling super overwhelmed. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to, like, close, like, the fucking gates of this shit because I was, like, literally going to bed every night having major anxiety attacks because of literally all the energy I was picking up. And she actually, like, kind of told me, like, I need to, like, physically, uh, in my mind, picture a door and picture myself shutting that door so that those energies wouldn't transcend through into me. Yeah, vis visualization is actually huge. Huge. And I actually found that it worked. It does. Like, it really does. I usually do that with, like, Sage or Palo Santo, too. Yeah, I it makes a huge it's, difference. It's been huge for me. Yeah, so, uh, honestly, being a witch is kind of scary. <laughs> um, but, like, whatever. So, do you want to go into the third one? Which one were we at? We're at clairsentience, baby. All right. So, clairsentience is recognizing feelings or clear feelings. Uh, it's someone who feels things very deeply, someone who has the gift of clear sensing, gut instincts, being able to read the emotions of others, or sensing the collection, sorry, collective energy of a room all thunder, fall under this umbrella, which again, we, Got like, it's like fucking just yeah. nailed it. Like, yeah. I feel that's the thing too. I... Like, I, I think I said this, too, on one of our podcasts, where my mom literally got me a book where it's, like, the, the, the empath survival guide. Yeah, because yeah, Because I, yeah. I truly was, you know, in my social work program, like, our, I had a lot of placements, and I, one of my placements was um, downtown working with a um, woman who experienced violence. And let me tell you, even if I didn't deal with many, like, women that day, mm -hmm. walking into that building, I felt all the fucking pain right away. Yeah. And I was already very sick. 
uh, at the time I was like raw vegan, so I was definitely dying. Mm -hmm. And I just, I was an insomniac. Like my whole being was just crumbling. Okay. Like mind, body, spirit, just fucking cracking. And so for me, I remember going in there and all the burnout of the people I worked with, I, I, I felt it. It was literally holding on to me so hard. And so, yeah, like, I totally, I, that's the problem. It's a blessing. Like, again, one of my favorite quotes, and it's probably overused at this point, but it's a blessing and a curse to feel things so deeply. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's it's one of those things I, I would never choose not to have this because, God, I, I can't even, like, put myself in the shoes of someone ignorant like that. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to learn how to fucking harness that energy. Otherwise, it will kill you. Yeah, it takes a certain type of power and understanding to really crack down and like learn how to ground yourself because I feel like that's the most overwhelming part of it is all of the clairs tie into each other. It's really all about your intuition, your feeling, your, your senses, your visualization, Mm -hmm. your um, like, especially being an empath and, and feeling everything so deeply already as it is. We've always been like this since we were young. So like, it just kind of makes sense that as we've gotten older, we have to find ways to really, truly, like, you know, ground these thoughts and ways of living because it's very overwhelming. Yeah, actually, you just, um, this also reminded me, um, back to actually clairvoyance on, like, seeing images. I forgot about this, but, um, so, you obviously know this, but, so, our, like, not the most recent Christmas, but the, the previous year. Mm-hmm. This was when I was still with my ex, and um, my, we heard, like, a, a, a drop in her my grandmother's room and so again a huge huge signs for me are eagles or monarch butterflies and it doesn't have to be real it could be like you know an eagle on somebody's like hat yeah or something like that but i know whenever i need it and it's from my dad i know 100 i'll get it mm-hmm. um and it's just so funny like even when i was in the hospital the family sitting next to me the dad had an eagle on his shirt and it's just like certain really? things like that you know what i mean and it's like i know it's like my dad being like i'm still here you know yeah and so, yeah, we heard a bang, and we didn't know what the hell it was, and we didn't even know what even, like, really felt, and so when we <laughs> we were looking on the ground, I'm like, what is this? And it was, like, a clipped purple monarch butterfly's wing, and we didn't even know where the actual other piece was, and I was like, Grandma, do you recognize this? She's like, no, I don't even know what it is, and so, again, my dad's favorite color was also purple, oh and so my I'm like, God. I'm always, I'm always kind of, like, you know, trying to f- put the puzzles together, puzzle pieces together, so basically... We go back downstairs. We were just chilling. Like, mm-hmm. and I, again, I was just, like, probably watching TV with my ex. And I had, like, the purple monarch butterfly on, like, the table next to me. Yeah. And so we're just, like, laughing. We're talking about whatever. And, again, this was probably at the time when we were kind of, like, going up and down in our relationship. Mm-hmm. And I was also, like, you know, really looking for guidance, too, at this time. And I kind of knew there was still some, like, you know, there's still some shit, you know, yeah. at, like, behind the fucking yeah. curtain, okay? And he's talking to me and at this point I don't know what compelled me in my body to go pick up this random clipped wing on my side but as soon as I picked it up and I touched it I like got taken out of my body and I had this like I don't even know if it was a visual I I can't quite it's it's kind of what you were explaining where it's like I don't even know if it was a visual it was more of like a message Mm -hmm. and it came from my dad and it was like a feeling that felt honestly like it went through all of my cells and it was like a message being like everything will be okay Mm mm-hmm and I remember when, like, I put down the monarch butterfly clipped wing, I almost, like, I was just, like, it was it was a beautiful feeling, and it was just, like, such a reassurance, but mm-hmm. I never had it to that degree, like, the second I touched it. Yeah. And I, like, cut off my ex, and I was like, dude, you don't even want to know what, what just, just happened. happened. <laughs> and the funny thing is, though, you know, in hindsight, I thought it was my dad being like, you know, everything's going to be okay with him. 
When really? When really, I was about to go through fucking shit. Like, I was about to, you know, be fucking devastated. And, yeah. you know, so, like, come New Year's and, like, all the shit goes south and, like, even up, I don't even, it's not even worth bringing up right now. <laughs> but, but at the end of the day, it was a message from him saying, everything's going to be okay with you. Yes. And that's where, like, I misinterpreted it, but I still got the message. Yeah. And now I can interpret it correctly and be like, yeah. thanks, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> you Sometimes know? you need that, though. Sometimes you need to, you know, get a sign. And oh I God. feel like yeah. the more you become aware and you raise your consciousness, and especially when you're really tapping into your third eye, you have a lot of those experiences a lot of the time yeah. and it's almost like we literally get to a point where we just like look each other look at each other and laugh because this is just our all life you can do is like, yeah that's all, all you can do. fucking do so i don't know in terms of like even thinking back to like um like you know ghosty stories i was just thinking so i went to portugal um two years ago three years ago 2018 in the summer so we stayed at my grandma's house because she lives there and um i remember like the bedroom that i was staying in was like upstairs there's like i don't know the house is kind of weird so they have like house or uh, rooms on the main floor upstairs whatever so i was staying upstairs and they had like a living room and i'm like pretty good with the dark like i when i go to bed at night like everything needs to be like completely dark like yeah. like i'm literally like you can't see anything <laughs> yeah because like otherwise yeah because it's just like it just is better for like my sleep and stuff so i literally had the room dark and shit but it was like weird because i felt like almost i was like a kid again where i was like afraid of the dark and, like, that feeling of, like, I don't know what's, like, creeping in the shadows right now. Like, it just, it, I was not comfortable. Like someone was watching you or something? Yeah, like, to that to that extent. That's how paranoid I was. And, like, literally if my foot, like, went out of the cover, I would, like, ha- like throw the fucking blanket back on because like, <laughs> the monsters are going to come get me. So, anyway, I had this, like, weird feeling. And I the, the feeling that I was getting was coming from the living room on the upper level of the house where my, where my bedroom was. Um, and I, like, kept being drawn towards that room. But, like, at nighttime, I made sure I closed the door because I just was super paranoid for some reason. And so, after, like, a few days, my aunt also lives with my grandmother. So, I was talking to her. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm having, like, really weird feelings upstairs. Like, did someone die here? Like, I literally just, like, asked her straight out. Because um, I'm like, I just, what I'm feeling just, like, really does not feel right. And she was like, Christina, like, your uncle died upstairs. Oh, my God. And I was like... Oh, <laughs> like my dad's oldest brother. We never met him. Let's put Christina in that room. <laughs> yeah, like right beside the fucking. But like they didn't feel anything, right? Like they just lived yeah. their normal life. But w- as soon as I went upstairs, I knew that my energy was being drawn to that living room, and it just so happened that that's the room that my uncle died in. Oh my god. So I was like, that was just a confirmation that everything that I know, I feel when you have that like weird sense of like whatever, like it's real. It's real. Like it really is. It's and so real. it's better to approach it from a way where you're like, okay, you know, what? I'm just going to embrace this for what it is. I'm not going to allow this fear to overtake it because and that's when you're more susceptible. Exactly. So I feel like in terms of even grounding yourself, like, I don't know if, you know, other people have these experiences as well. I, it's kind of like rare, but like, <laughs> I don't know, let me know because yeah. I want to like, like trade totally stories. Um, no, I, I totally get it. And I had similar experiences. I actually saw like my great grandma, like full, full fucking picture. Yeah, I remember you telling me this. Away. Um, this was years ago. I was probably like eleven or twelve, mm-hmm. and we, we were at the funeral home, and she did open casket, which I gotta say I will fucking never do. Yeah, honestly, like why? <laughs> we already I know. have gone through enough trauma. Like I don't want to see my dead family member. <laughs> like, no, it's actually so you know traumatizing. I mean? But it was weird too, because like even at that age, like again you know going to that funeral home and I remember like we were kind of saying our goodbyes and I kind of like just put my hand on her like wrist and it was just like so weird how like cold and empty she was mm-hmm. it was just so fucked up yeah. really to think about mm-hmm. um you know and as a kid I'm like it was like just like this weird energy of like 
death. Mm -hmm. And it was still, again, very foreign. Like, my, my, you know, I love, I fucking, my parents did a fucking great job. But if there's one thing, they kind of bubble wrapped um, us when it came to death. Mm -hmm. Like, they very much, like, hid death from us. Yeah. And so, like, obviously, when we, like, I, I, I experienced a lot of death in my life, especially with my grandfather's, like, men in my life, like... Yeah, not not the best luck, but, mm. you know, so there was a lot of that, but it was very, like, weird for me. Like, when my grandpa first died, it was like, whoa, what is this? So what did you see when you saw your grandma? Yeah, so basically, um, we're leaving the funeral home, and we're about to drive away, and I'm, like, crying, and I remember where everybody was sitting in, this, in the SUV, too. Like, my dad was driving, all that stuff, and I'm, like, looking down, crying, and I remember I kind of, like, looked up to, like, look in the window of the funeral home for whatever reason, and I saw her standing there, like, neutral-faced, but just, like, standing there, and, like, full day, like, exactly, it was her, it was no one else, and then I looked down, and then when I looked back, she was gone, but I remember, Holy. like, you know, I didn't tell anybody for years, because I'm just, like, you know, as a kid, I, again, one of my, like, my, my complexes were, were, or was that, like, I just don't feel like people are going to take my word for it, because mm, I'm a kid. Yeah, they're not no going to believe you. Serious. But, like, down the line, you know, I, years later, I eventually told my grandmother mm -hmm. like, about her mom, and, you know, and she was actually very open to it, right? So, like, she's had experiences, too, with that type of stuff. So, it's just really fascinating how that stuff happens, mm -hmm. and um, even, like, actually more recently... We, we, before, um, you know, the pandemic, mm -hmm. uh, we basically would do plays. Like, that's what my sister, my mom, and my grandmother and I would do. Because mm -hmm. um, they love it. So, the recent play we went to, it was Annie, which mm -hmm. is like a childhood favorite, you know. And, you know, I feel like Christmas, especially if there's something to happen, it's always around, like, these kinds of family-type oriented times. Yeah. Because it's already heightened energy. Um, and so, when we went... Before the play started, there was a like there was a seat beside my sister. Actually, a couple that were empty, mm -hmm. and they're the type of seats like movie movie chair seats where you have to like push them down. Yeah. Force. And my sister goes, Amber, the fucking chair beside me is moving. There was no AC on, no nothing. Everybody's chatting away, and I look at it, and it's going just so, so slightly like up, down, up, down. What the fuck? And we're like looking at each other, and we're just like, what the actual hell is going on? Well, I do know your sister especially has had a lot of like weird oh, experiences, yeah. like ghost stories and shit. I would say she has had more negative experiences. Very, very negative experiences. So I feel like that energy does follow her too. Oh, yeah. No, definitely. But I, I honestly, I felt like it was my dad though. Like I really? didn't feel like it was bad energy. And I'm not surprised because mm -hmm. again, he was always the type, like he always wanted to be a part of everything. Like yeah. he never wanted to like miss out. And it's like, again, it's very heightened around that time of the year. So yeah. I'm like, not you surprised. Know, those type of things. Yeah. But yeah. Like just stuff like that. Well, it's even weird that one time where it was literally the day that you were um, like telling me that you were considering just like no longer being a vegan, like because your health was being so affected by it. Yeah. And like we were sitting in your room and you had a candle on and then the candle started flickering and then kind of a similar experience happened where, like, the tingling sensation and all that shit. Yeah, I was, like, talking, and you literally caught me off. You're like, Amber, holy shit, something's, like, happening right now. Yeah, and I literally said, like, sorry to, like, cut you off, but, like, your dad's here. And, like, literally was, like, pretty much telling me to, like, validate the fact that this is what you need to do for your health because he couldn't do that for his own. And, like, it was just a very weird, just, again... The, the last Claire that we didn't actually get into, but um, it's the Claire cognizance. So with that, it's the intuition of knowing. So um, it's when our brains get an immediate download from our intuition and we follow that intuitive gut instinct rather than trying to break down a thought logically. So it's literally just your body and your soul's way of knowing. And there's no explanation. It's very, again, hard to logically break it down. Yeah. But in those moments when stuff like that happens, 
that's what it feels like. And it's just a knowing of this is the, this is who's here. And again, I didn't necessarily see the image. I do see your dad's hair though. Like yeah, that's what I see. Hair. Yeah. <laughs> and so like when, in that moment, that's really all I could kind of visualize, but it's just more like, again, my body kind of just feels like a vessel that communication flows But like flows the thing through. that was interesting for me too is when you said that though, I felt this kind of like energy of like receiving that. Like mm -hmm. it just felt very like, even in the way you worded it, I was like, it just seems like 100% something that he would be saying right yeah. now. Because I was really struggling. Like, ethically, I was like, I, I, I want to be doing this. But at the same time, like, I'm fucking dying for it. Like, I don't even think you told anyone yet or at that point. No, at that time, I was, yeah, I think I just told you. I'm like, dude, like, you know, because I, again, became very dogmatic about this. And that was, you know, obviously an ego trap for me. Mm -hmm. But, again, it was one of those things where you kind of, you said, it was like you said something that, like, it just it came it, it, you can't deny that it came through my dad yeah like, you know what i mean the way that you worded it it's like that is something that you even yourself wouldn't really say in those kind of in that words. way yeah and that's the weird thing about it where it's just like your body feels like it's just getting taken over and i have to say that might have actually been the last time i really experienced something like that um but like regardless i feel like our intuition we follow it so like to the core like we really like if something is telling, like, if our intuition is telling us something, like, we we always follow it at this point. And I feel like because we've learned the hard way that every time we've gone against it, like, something bad happens or, like, mm -hmm. so, you know, we have to deal with, like, the yin and the yang, the karma of, like, that shit. So when it comes to even, like, spirituality and, like, being, like, having, like, some somewhat psychic abilities and be able to, like, communicate to people who have crossed over, it becomes very overwhelming. And I feel like I'm at the point now where... I've really had to learn how to ground myself and also dealing with like my own fucking like mental health and shit. Mm -hmm. Like it all plays into it. It all plays into it. It's complicated. It really does. But honestly, it's like really kind of fun. And like, Watch it just, play. If, I'm telling you, <laughs> but it really does validate like all of those like internal feelings that you have, even like from being like a, a young child. And I definitely think, um, this stems from my dad's side of the family because I'm like, well, maybe I'll throw those stories in like at another point in time because there's a lot there. Yeah. There's really a lot. Um, we'll be here for literally another hour. <laughs> so, um, but there's a lot of experiences that every single one of my dad's siblings, as well as him, have experienced, as well as my grandmother um, and her sisters. So they've all had really fucked up, crazy, like paranormal activity experiences. Like mm. they literally lived in haunted houses in Toronto that literally came on TV shows later on and were known to be some of the most haunted houses in Toronto. <laughs> so like it's so fucked. And um, but and that's the thing though, you're like you have that heightened awareness, mm -hmm. and so some of those family members definitely don't have that. They wouldn't have really recognized it for what it was. Exactly. Oh my god, there's so many stories I could tell right now that I'm like, we're gonna be here forever though. But <laughs> um, one last thing that I will say, one other experience that I've had um, was when I was really little and we're living in Toronto and um we lived in like like this really old ass like tiny house and I remember my in order to get to my bedroom I would have to pass the washroom to get to my bedroom and every time I passed the washroom I might have been like three years old at this point right because we moved out of that house when I was four so I must have been three between three and four years old and I would walk by the washroom and I would close my left eye so that I didn't have to see the washroom as I walked by it oh, because there was just like bad vibes okay literally and mind you i'm fucking like three or four years old yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a baby so i always did that and i would always have like consistent nightmares as a kid um nightmares i still actually remember to this day like vividly in my mind i can see them like literally being in a church with my entire family there's a witch like the witch is trying to kill everyone in my family oh my like but at three and four years old what type of imagination do you have in order to have those kind of thoughts mm -hmm. so it's like where is that coming from where does that stem from and so as i got older i think i was about like 12 or 13 my dad ended up telling me that one of our neighbors in Toronto 
came over one day and was like, I don't know if like the real estate agent disclosed this to you when you bought this place, but like someone actually like hung themselves in the washroom on the upper level of your house. So terrifying. Which is literally the washroom I would walk by every night and close my left eye so I didn't have to look inside of the fucking washroom. So literally I'm like years later, I'm like, oh, that's why I was fucking petrified of walking by that washroom. That's why I was literally to the point where my parents will tell me this. I didn't even want to use the toilet until I was like four years old, five years old. Like they had a really hard time potty training me because I had such a fear of going into the washroom. Oh my God. And my, I remember my dad saying, don't worry about it to my mom because my mom would get mad and be like, no, you're like giving into her. And my dad was like, no, like it's fine. Like don't worry, whatever. Because he was like more sympathetic of it, but he didn't understand obviously. I was a kid at that point. Yeah. Later, years later, I explained to them. I was like, yeah, I was literally terrified because I knew something bad happened in there. Yeah, and I literally used to, how creepy is this too? When I was like probably around the same age, I used to say to my dad, I'm like, dad, what if ghosts come and get me? Are you going to save me? Oh. Yeah, I literally used to ask my dad, he's like, my dad would be like, don't worry, no ghosts will ever come and get you. But it's interesting when you think about it, because unless kids over here, like adults talking about this shit, yeah. where do we, do get we that. know about ghosts? It's not like even kids at that age really watch anything like that. Exactly. And that's why now looking back at it, I am validated in the fact that since I was born, I knew that like we knew some shit was about to pop <laughs> literally literally i'm like i knew that was inside of me and now it's just like okay i don't feel as crazy because i've like talked about it and like i know people who've had like weird similar crazy experiences and like again it's one of those things where it's like that shit can be really creepy and like whatever but you can't show fear you really just have to embrace it for what it is yeah. and like you know, harness your beliefs, whatever your beliefs may be. That's what it comes down to, though, because I find, like, I've had my share, like, my share fair of, you know, especially, I was always watching scary movies, so it really fucked me up. Yeah, I know, right? I'd have to, like, watch my shoulder, like, at least 30 times before I... The paranoia. I literally, yeah, fully paranoid. And even, like, you know, going up my basement, I'm like, I just, I think about fucking paranormal activity, like, someone fucking coming and dragging me. Even now, sometimes I'm like, yo, please don't. Run your ass up the stairs. Because, like, I've had those experiences, too, where, like, even in our house, like, random shit, like, the fucking full-on basement door just slammed one day, and just, like, random voices when we first moved in, and just weird shit, right? so fucked. Yeah, and so, like, and I've seen just weird shit, right? So, like, for me, it's, like, sometimes I get that weird, eerie feeling, especially when I'm alone. Mm -hmm. But I always think I'm, like, the one thing um, that I've grown into, for the most part, is that I just, you have to literally face your fear in that moment. Be like, Mm -hmm. I don't have the fear. Yeah. Be like... You have you the know, control in the situation. You have the control. And if you have it, you, I honestly think, like, they're, when in, you know, when we're talking about spirits and shit, mm-hmm. they have no pull on you. 100%. And it's funny because, you know, out of, you know, some of the more positive or not as negative mm-hmm. experiences I've had with spirit, there has been experiences I had, I've had that haven't been great and have been really fucking terrifying. Like, I've literally woken up, like I told you, like, I literally woke up in my bed one night. Actually, technically, it wasn't at night. I was coming home from a night shift because I used to work mm-hmm. nights. So I came home, I was in my bed, I was on my phone, and it was probably like 9 in the morning, and I was like, gonna like, try and like, sleep for a bit, but I remember I literally closed my eyes for maybe 5 minutes, and then I opened my eyes again, and I was about to check my phone, and then I look to like, my right side, and I literally saw like, a creature in my bed, like, staring so at me. scary. Literally I'm, like, so spooked terrified. out right now. Literally terrified, and I saw this thing staring at me, and I remember feeling such an overwhelming sense of fear, and I was like, is this sleep paralysis? Like, am I just like, am I like, falling asleep, and is this why I'm seeing this? But my friend Sarah has literally seen the same thing I've seen in my basement. We've seen two little kids running around oh and we've seen God. a fully grown man standing in my doorway. Terrifying. Yeah, I've literally, and I've seen it more than once and he would stand in my doorway and just watch me. Fuck. And 
it happened probably like five, six times. Can I just say I'm saging my room after this? Yeah, do it, honestly. I, this is why, but this is, again, spirituality. It's huge. It's huge. You really need to find ways protect to ground yourself. yourself, protect yourself, protect your energy, protect your mind, protect your soul. Like, you really need to because energy is everywhere. Everything is energy. Yep. So the more we realize, you know, how dangerous it can be to even pick up on other people's energy and even carry technology. it with us. People don't understand. You can pick up on this this negative energy, the spirits, through our fucking phones, yeah. through the television screen. I mean, let's talk, like, the whole fucking matrix of it all. So negative. Which, again, we'll get into that another day, yeah. but it's true. And, like, that's where it's, like, all of these sources, you have to protect yourself. Yeah. From. That's literally the most important thing you can do. But, I mean, on that note... <laughs> <laughs> this has been a spooky one, like, I honestly... Yeah. And I feel like there's so much more that goes into it, I just don't have time to, like, sit here all night, because I need to, like, yeah. go home at some point. And, of course, we end at one eleven. I know! That. I was just gonna say! That. Are you fucking kidding me? Um, well, yeah, I hope we, like, didn't freak you out too much, but... <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a nice change of pace. <laughs> yeah, um, I am really curious, though, if you got to this point in the podcast, uh, if you've had, like, ghost experiences or, like, really weird things you couldn't explain or, like, if anything that we've said has resonated with you, I really would love to hear it. Yes, please message us. Like, DM us, bitch. Like, I want to hear the tea. Yeah, honestly, even one episode, we might be able to, like, read people's stories if they send it in. Yeah, that'd be so cool. So, um, thanks for, like, hanging out with me, Amber. Oh, my God. Always. All right. We'll see you guys, like, next week, I guess. Bye.